there's a sound test. Sound test. There's a sound test. I'm gonna see if there's any popping or static in the background. This is a sound test. I, I mean, I guess I'll leave that little sound test in there. You know, it's I I don't know I don't know why. Cause it just give a very uh very personal feel to the to the show. Cause that's how I want. I want to be I want to be warm. I want this to be a nice and warm and cozy show. You know. But uh, yeah, welcome back to the shed. Sorry, I'm uh. This is being this is just not Saturday. This is actually this is you know. Because uh, I said that I will, I'd record, I actually told some people I'd record on Monday. No, I said I'd record on Friday and then post on uh, Saturday. But, uh, yeah, no, that's that did not happen. Because Friday was the last home varsity game, guys. That was cool, you know, that was really fun. Here we go, I, got, I actually wrote an overview for this episode. So, we're going to start. with the, So, oh, yeah, yeah, wait, I don't want to make any annoying, uh, I don't want to, I really don't want to, like uh put in uh, any any visits from me from the future because it's just time consuming so i'll just say everything i need to i'll try i mean i'll try to say everything i need to during the episode i might add things in later i don't know because uh, i i don't know if this review is i don't know if this overview is complete or not i think it's pretty good but yeah we're starting with a generate review of course of a, a man that we all know we definitely don't all love him, but we all know him. Mr. Al Capone, nicknamed Scarface, ran as a crime boss for seven years before he went to prison at the age of 33. Now, we're going to take a look at his career. You know, I got the I got the Wikipedia page open on my other monitor. He uh, was like, a, he was a doorman. He, uh, he also, he died of neurosyphilis. And he was like, getting, always getting a, uh, uh, like, uh, like he's like debilitating over time during his final, uh, like years, I guess. Oh yeah, by the way, I forgot to mention, uh, sorry if there's no guest guys, <laughs> there's just no guests episode. I don't know if uh, I'll talk about guests later. Okay. Cause I get, I have some things to say about having guests on the show. So, uh, even though he, he did all that illegal shit. You know, bootlegging alcohol and business, bootleg the bootleg business with uh through very violent, with very violent strategy. Um. Also, I didn't know he was. I didn't know he was so young when he was doing it. When he was a crime boss, uh, he was viewed as a modern day Robin Hood because of his uh, all the donations he made to various charities. Uh, but the but then the Saint Valentine's Day massacre, which. Was a uh, which in 1929, and I'm, I'm I'm reading about it right now. Sorry if there's some like uh, weird pauses or if I'm just like pausing out of nowhere. So let's see the Saint Valentine's Day massacre. Wikipedia says he's widely assumed to have been responsible for ordering the 1929 Saint Valentine's Day massacre, despite being at his Florida home at the time. The massacre was an attempt to eliminate Bugs Moran, head of the Northside Gang, and the motivation for the plan moving the fact that some expensive whiskey illegally imported from Canada via the Detroit River had been hijacked while it was being transported to Cook County, Illinois. Moran was the last, uh, he was the last survivor of Northside Gunman. His succession had come about because, of, because his similarly aggressive predecessors, Weiss and Vincent, uh, 
the wise Vincent Drucci had been uh, killed in the violence. <laughs> Why am I reading so fucking poorly yet? Guys, that, maybe this isn't a good time to record. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I feel kind of tense. I'm kind of stressed. I don't know why. Just maybe, maybe this, maybe this is a bad time to record. But it's kind of the only time I can record because, uh, you know, we got to school tomorrow and stuff. So I'm sorry if this episode just like sucks. But uh, yeah, the Valentine's Day massacre. I, I don't understand. This is not, this is not giving like any information about it. What the hell? Uh, oh here, like, it has a separate page. Oh, seven men were murdered. Oh, ooh. ooh, shot by four guys with the. Oh, that's not a. That's not a good picture. Shot by four guys using two Thompsons, like the like the funny Fortnite like Tommy gun, you know? Because I think in case you don't know what a Thompson is, that's uh, what it looks like. Like the classic ma- mafia machine gun. Uh, yeah, they saw. They saw police were leading the killers out of the garage by at gunpoint. Oh, dang, yeah, no, that was just a uh, gang, big gang conflict. So since Capone was assumed to be the reason it happened and the guy who ordered it, he was named public enemy number one throughout the Chicago newspapers. Then we went on to where... uh, Capone went to prison at the age of 33. Uh, yeah, okay, he went to prison at the age of 33. That's, uh, there's absolutely nothing, you know what, no, never mind. God, man, this is not a good episode already. Oh, I'm sorry if you're already bored, man. This is bad, this is bad, I'm just, I don't know, I feel like I, I, feel like I can't think straight or something, man. But anyway, we got, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, no, I am I, actually not going to keep doing this, uh, uh I don't know, uh, no, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually getting mad, like, I'm actually getting angry at this recording, uh, yeah, so yeah, he ordered the fucking Valentine's Day Massacre, yeah, it killed seven people, yeah, awful, and it donated to, uh, all those charities, though, that's uh, pretty cool, so he was a, seems to be a caring guy, but he was a very, the, was a huge figure in the bootlegging business through violent means. Uh, however, ooh, yeah, profitable, uh, mutually profitable relationships with uh, both William Hale Thompson, who was the mayor of Chicago, and the city's police. Okay, and also he did have a family, and I think he, I think he cared for his. Uh, let's see, I'm pretty sure he had a son. Uh, did he? Do you not have any kids? I thought Al Capone had kids. Oh, shit. I guess he... Hold on, let's look that up right now. Uh, His son, Albert. Yeah, yeah, no, he's okay, yeah, no, he had one, he had one kid, Albert Francis Capone, and, uh, I, I'm pretty sure he cared about him, I'm pretty sure he was, a. let's see, uh, let's see, was Al Capone a good father, guys, we're gonna, we're gonna find this out, no, I, well, I, not what I, I did not ask about Al Capone's father, 
it sucks. But uh, yeah, uh, he was a bloodthirsty mobster. Yeah, uh, according to Vice. Uh, oh, Vice sucks. <laughs> it's Vice is this is awful media outlet. But according to them, he was a pretty good, uh, pretty good dad. So that's cool. Uh, okay, here. I'll give Al Capone. I guess maybe there's maybe reviews can be uh, maybe different reviews can be subject to change in the future. I don't know. Depends what depends if you guys agree with what I say about them. But I'll give Al Capone a. Oh, this is gonna be tough. Oh, oh shit. Okay, he had twenty two. He was charged with twenty two counts of tax evasion. Okay, that is not good. Not only did he, uh, not only was he uh, absolutely ruthless in his pursuits and bootlegging, but he. And he himself was just a very violent person. But, uh, okay. You know, I I understand he was a good dad, but he just gets worse as I keep reading. Uh, You know, here. Okay, he's getting like an 8.5, I guess. I guess Al Capone gets an 8.5. Good uh, good dad. He had a family and all that, but extremely violent. uh, And uh, absolutely ruthless. And uh, also abused in relationships with law enforcement and city politicians, mainly, like, the mayor, William Hale Thompson. So, yeah, he's, like, an 8.5 to Al Capone. You know, he's pretty fucking... He's a pretty big piece of shit. No, he's not the 10 out of 10 that Ted Bundy got, but, yeah, Al Capone's a piece of shit. Now, that's it. That's the general review. Uh, here. If you guys thought that was absolutely awful, uh, like, that was just a... That segment was just so boring and, uh, so scuffed because of all these stops and me going, uh, uh... Uh, please tell me. Like, actually, please tell me. So then I'll get I'll get the generate reviews prepared before the podcast. I think that I think that's a pretty good idea. I think it's a to write down to do some research and uh, put together the pros and cons and make a final verdict. Uh, so yeah, next I'll present my next episode. I'll try like presenting my results immediately and then stating my case. I think that's a good idea. So yeah. Uh, we're moving on to this walk I went on today. I went on a walk, and, uh, I went on a walk through... Because I live in... I'm not going to say where I live. But, uh, I live... Okay. <laughs> I, I took a walk in a park, that's what I'll say. I took a walk in a, in a park by a school. And, uh... I... When I saw... A big shout to Noah Gellert, because I saw him. He was practicing a lacrosse at this new... At UAH... Oh, man, this is bad. This is a bad episode. But, uh, yeah, no, I saw Noah. He's practicing lacrosse at our high school's new, uh, new like, practice area uh, for, like, sports. You know, I'm not a sports guy. I don't know what the fucking call it, man. But uh, it's got, like, a lot of well, hockey players there. Shout out to Christian Staley and uh, Braden Coons. I saw them and said hi to them. But uh, I, I went inside of the thing to talk to Noah. I met his little brothers, which is it's pretty cool. He has little brothers now because when I first met Noah, he had not when I first met him, I we I uh, talked about this with him. Uh, I think he I think his mom was pregnant with his little brother William. But yeah, that's pretty uh, crazy. And uh, Noah, hey man, uh, I know I I know you're listening because I know you're a fan. That's pretty awesome, and uh, love to have you on the show. Uh, that'd be super cool. We we can even do a maybe like a multi guest episode like uh, you're I know you're really good friends with Jake Selsier so we can have him on or you and Paige and you and Paige you know Paige Schneider that'd be also pretty cool shout out to both those people I just named uh, yeah and then but also okay the walk 
it was like it's 40 it was 46 degrees out so i really had to bundle up i was wearing uh two pairs of pants black sweatpants under my khakis yeah i know yeah khakis are like weird i only wear them when it's like uh, that cold out and then uh i had a red sweatshirt on over the sweatshirt was a flannel and then over the flannel it was a coat and it was it was all it was all fine and dandy and until uh Instead of turning home, I decided to walk around my uh, block after walking through this park. And uh, that's when everything sucked because with all that moving and all that, and all that, uh, everything I was wearing. So when I'm, because of how I was like, you know, like moving, like, you know, I'm like moving when I'm walking and wearing a lot of clothes because of how cold it is, uh, I started sweating. And that's when everything sucks. Because not only was I sweating, and I'm trying to avoid getting acne, you know, acne's a, acne's like a, the acne's a fucking plague in high school, you know, acne, acne's tragic. Not only am I trying to avoid getting acne, but uh, it's cold out, so then I, so they, so it's, the sweat is actually cold, yeah. So now, instead of being, uh, just cold, I'm, uh, I'm, it's like I'm, it's like I'm soaked in cold water the entire, well, I wouldn't say soaked, it's like I'm moist with cold water, like, throughout it throughout my walk, so that's actually awful, so I get home, I mean, it was still a good walk, but I get home, and, uh, I, I, I wash off in the shower, I don't shower, I just, uh, I, I, cause I'm gonna shower tonight, I just, uh, just, like, rinse off, I guess, I don't like, cause I shouldn't, I don't want to be sweaty or anything, you know, and, uh, I do use my face wash, though, cause I'm trying to use my face wash twice a day, and yeah, that's my, that was my walk experience, big shout out to going on walks, and then okay oh okay I went to the, I went to the JV game this weekend sorry there there is not a that was not a good segue at all that's completely unrelated to the walk but I went to the JV game and I uh, saw Colson Burkhart shout to Colson he didn't even know that the podcast existed I don't think you know he didn't know it was his thing because he doesn't go to UA anymore he doesn't go to UA anymore he goes to uh, a other another, a different school <laughs> I don't know. Um, and his, uh, sorry if you, I don't know if you can hear that or not. My phone's, uh, my phone's vibrating like, like hell. Oh yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting snaps and stuff. I had a snap, Noah's, uh, Noah's snapping me right now. Okay, so yeah, uh, actually I got a fun idea. It is my fun idea. I'm actually gonna, like, record myself, uh, recording this and sending it to Noah. So yeah, Noah already gave you a shout out, you know, uh, talked about the walk. Yeah, man, it's going to be crazy. You're, you're going to see this video, and you're also going to hear this on the podcast. I'm just, uh, I'm just doing this because there's some a bunch of vibrating, you know? So I'm just making sure uh, people can't hear that on the podcast. Probably, I should probably move my phone, guys. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for being a fan, Noah. All right, guys, that's the fun video I just recorded for Noah. Uh, now, look, damn it, wait, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I saw Colson. He goes to a Christian school now. Uh, he's a good friend, but he showed me he showed me this app. He showed me this app called Gas. Now, what is, you may be asking, what is Gas? Well, Gas is a social media. I'll, you know, I'll open it right now as I talk about it. Gas is a social media where what you do is that you get you you get questions, you get polls. And the answers to the questions are other people from the school, from from your school, or people you have add as friends. Mainly, in, uh, you have to add people from your school as friends before they can appear in your polls. 
So my question right now is, uh, want to trade lives for a day? Who am I? I'll answer uh, Charlie Lowry. And uh, however, since I'm only friends with like five people, I get or, or like six people, I get the same people every poll. So this, uh, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I think this app is extremely weird. And I think the app just fucking sucks like so much. Like this is so weird. What is, it, what is this? They're a clout machine. What, what do I you know, just answer Charlie Lowry? Drops the sickest burns. This is so fucking weird. And what is this? You, and I read about the, I read like the, how this works. And the, ooh, oh my, oh my God. My, my top answer, the people, my top answer today is um, ready for our first date when you are. Thanks guys. You know, I know I'm, you know, I, I, you, I mean, you guys already know that I'm, what, I'm 6'5", 245 solid muscle. So I'm, not surprised of this. Actually, two sixty solid muscle. Bit of a. I got a bulky build, so I'm not surprised. So many people are saying ready for our first date. So thanks to <laughs> thanks to thanks to everyone who did. But yeah, no, this app. Uh, all jokes aside, this app is actually fucking horrible. It's weird, and I'm I'm gonna talk about another really weird app pretty soon. But yeah, you get like uh, you answer polls about friends. You get flames when picked, and then is that is that, is that it? I don't know. I pressed how it works. I thought you'd tell me more about it. Yeah. Also, the way it's like uh, you get an, you get a notification when a uh, when someone quote unquote no no when someone of the opposite gender I forgot quote unquote uh, gases you up. I'm this, I'm not kidding. This is a real quote. It told me that uh, you get a notification if a if a girl quote unquote gassed you up. Like this is so fucking weird. Um, okay, the, I I got gassed up by a girl. I'm gonna see what they said. They said I can also it's all anonymous. Uh, it's all anonymous. They said I can take a punch like John Cena. Uh see <laughs> this, this app is actually fucking awful. <laughs> also no one at the school, no one at my school uses it either. That's surprises. This app is uh, it's it's so bad. It's actually insane. But uh another mainly what an app I really want to talk about. Like a more of a feature of an app is Snapchat and mainly Snapchat Premium, because Snapchat Premium is fucking weird. Okay, it's weird. It's so weird. No, it's actually I'm gonna look up Snapchat Premium features right now, and I'm gonna tell you why it's so weird. Okay. I'm saying it is so fucking weird. So yeah, okay, it's normal to um, you can yeah, you can choose your number one BFF. I guess that's fine. Yeah. Uh, what do you, wait, this is like, what is this story rewatch count? The number of times friends have rewatched, it's, what is this fucking paranoia shit? Who's buying this? And then, but that's, that's fine, I guess, you know, that's not that bad. Ghost trails, you can fucking check the location history of your friends for 24 hours. This is so weird. You can fucking track people. No, this is, this is actually so weird, guys. Do not buy Snapchat Premium. This is so fucking weird. Oh my god, you can fucking track here. You can see what they where they where they go. That's actually so weird. You know, Snapchat Premium is so so weird. Oh, hey Drew, guys, Drew, shout out to Drew. Drew just walked down the steps. Hey Drew, wanna come say hi? Okay. He didn't want to come say hi, guys. But yeah, no, Snapchat Premium is so, so weird. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it's true, but I'm pretty sure you can check other people's, like, uh, you can see where you are in their best friends list. That's so weird. Like, you're, oh my god.
god! Like you could be like, oh, let's see how much they, let's see how if they, uh, let's see how much they snap me over other people. You know, let's see. Uh, like this, like disrupts. I feel like this, like is like socially just unnatural. Everything about Snap Premium, it's so weird, man. Mainly the, mainly that, like seeing where you are. Like uh, here, I'm gonna look up that right now. Snapchat Premium like features. Uh, I know, I know, ghost trails with Snap Premium. Oh, I can't even talk about how weird it is. So you can just fucking track your friends. That's actually so weird. It'd be like, how many times did they rewatch my story? What are they doing? Where have they been today? Like, oh my god, who the hell? Why would anyone ever buy this? And then the, uh, you know, I thought for sure you can like see Snapchat Premium features uh, like the best friends list. Best friends. Um, uh, yeah, I thought that you could. Oh, 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 no, no, no. It's not just seeing where you are on their best friends list. You can actually just fucking look at people's best friends list. You can, hey, who, have they, who have they snapping? Who are they snapping? I need to know. Where have they been today? How many times have they watched my story? Are, are, are they stalking me? Let me make sure they're not. Where have they all been today? Have they, have they, have, well, you know, who have they, who have they been snapping? Maybe I can put them, put the two together. What have they, what have these two been doing? Have these two, have these two been spending the last 24 hours? Yeah, where have they been going? Uh, what, how many, have they been watching my story together? Who, who, are, who are they snapping? Who are they snapping? I need to know who they're snapping. Who they could, they could be sending my story to people. This is so weird. This is so fucking weird. Oh my god, that's insane that that's real. No one, no one ever, never buys Snap Premium. That's so weird. You're gonna turn, that's a fuck, oh my god, that's a fucking like, uh, like that's actually insane. Like that's actually insane that that's a real thing. Oh my god, fucking tracking people, see, seeing who they snap the most, like, seeing, seeing who, you can see who people talk to the most, you can track their location, oh my, and you can see how many times they rewatch a story, you mix those things together in a fucking melting pot, you get a, what, what, you get a fucking, like, asylum patient, that's actually insane, like, fucking chill out, dude. It's actually just like, oh my god, it's like paying, what is it, $4 a month, let me see how much is snap premium. This shit is, this is, like, socially unnatural. It's actually, like, disrupting the flow of, like, of, of, like, just, like, the, I don't know, like, high school, like, social system, I guess. Like, the, the circle of uh, all these, all these, I don't know, clicks, whatever. This is so, so weird. Snapchat premium price. $4 a month. You're paying $4 a month to fucking stock anyone you want. This is actually so weird. Like, if you have Snap Premium, you are weird. I'm calling you out right now. I'm giving a shout-out to people who have Snap Premium. It's not a good one. Because I'm calling you fucking weird, man. But yeah, that's, uh, that's... The, oh, my God. I'm so happy I get to say that. Because I hope you guys just... You, you know that, and you just think... You just... I don't know if a really loud static sound just played or not. I just heard a really loud static sound on the way. But as I was saying... I hope you guys have realized how fucking weird Snap Premium is, you know, to get it, because that's actually, oh my god, that's so weird. I, that's the only way I can describe it, just so weird. But yeah, so, JV game, I want to go back to that, because my grandma was there, and my grandma, guys, my, my grandma's in town. My grandma is in town. She lives in Florida, uh, but we're thinking about getting her moving over here. We're thinking about having her move back to UA. She's been in Florida for a while now. And uh, it's super nice seeing her. She, uh, some of you have actually met her. Mainly, uh, shout to Kyle McLaughlin. He's met my grandma. Loves my grandma. Uh, yeah, she's just, uh, you know, she's just, she's awesome. I guess shout out to my grandma. Definitely never gonna hear this, but it's super cool that uh, she uh, that she's here. You know, 
she's all she loves she loves watching the games. I don't have to. I've been uh, ha- having to go to j- the JV games to make sure Grandma's okay because Grandma really wants to go. Uh, she's always like, oh, you can go with your girl. You go with your friends. I'll be fine. And she watched the game and she just loves it. She's watching just her, her grandson, Drew. Shout out to Drew. Just uh, playing. She's just enjoying it so much. I love that. You know, shout out that my grandma's awesome. It's nice to have her in town. And uh, she was she was born in a pretty cool... Okay, no. It's not... <sighs> not a pretty cool time. I was about to say she was born in a pretty cool time, but... uh. The two things that define when she was born would be uh, segregation and World War II. So, I wouldn't say pretty cool time. But she, you know, went through, I don't know, what, college or something? And a pretty cool time. Because musically, we had some some of the greatest minds during that time. I wish I could, uh, I wonder what she knows about those people. We had, we had the Beatles. We had Bob Dylan. We had Jimi Hendrix. Like, that's cool, man. That That's cool. Speaking of Bob Dylan, I didn't want to talk about him a bit because he's so he's so just synonymous with my like character at school. Everyone knows how much I like Bob Dylan, and uh, I want to talk about that because I I want I want you guys to get an attempt. I want you guys to try to get you guys to understand the man. It's hard. It's hard to. Uh, I didn't I didn't really fully get him for a long time. Like when I uh, I what I when I first really experienced Bob Dylan is when I was in seventh grade when Matthew Singer was like hey David you should listen to this funny song where this white guy says the n-word this that's true that's true <laughs> they shout out to Matt Singer um and uh this is Matt in seventh grade and I was like what and I was like yeah there's white there's a white guy he says the n-word it's cra- it's crazy it's on Spotify and I was like okay so I listened to it it was a Bob Dylan song uh, it's called Hurricane does Bob say the n-word yes uh However, uh, the way he used it was not racist. The song is uh, the song is a song protesting a man named Reuben Carter's conviction of murder, where Bob believes he was wrongfully convicted because of racism, because of institutionalized racism, since Reuben Carter's African American. And uh, Bob has always been a stalwart defender of a civil rights. Well, not really, not not always. He's a really interesting career. I'm not saying he. he uh, period where he supports segregation really i'm just saying he he started out as a protest singer then he really wanted to get away from that from people viewing him as one really really cool era i guess but yeah like era of his career which is like his best but yeah his uh not on the song even though matt wanted me to listen to it for such a like a middle school kid reason oh i thought it was really good i thought it was a really really cool song they have the guitar intro it's acoustic. It uh, sounds like badass, man. And the uh, is it this guy Bob Dylan? I mean, that's when that's when I, the first time I like saw his name. I guess uh, I thought his voice. I thought his voice sounded so fucking cool. You guys gotta listen to Hurricane. Uh, his voice sounded so fucking cool. Like he was a real storyteller. And uh, yeah, his voice. That's why I wanted one of the things I want to talk about his voice throughout his career. A lot of people, a lot, a lot of people don't like his voice. It's changed heavily throughout his career. You can hear it evolve. You can hear it. Uh, there's a multitude of factors, but uh, like Bob Dylan's, he's the greatest songwriter ever, guys. He's the greatest songwriter ever. And my friend, uh, my friend Cameron Davis was talking to me, and he listened to Like a Rolling Stone, 
which is their greatest song ever. I'm telling you, I'll tell you that right now. And which and Bob Dylan's greatest hit. And even though, despite being the greatest songwriter ever, uh, Cameron Davis heard heard Bob's voice, and the first thing he said was, "Is he illiterate?" So so that, that says a lot. Okay, his voice. This is the what 19, 1965. Yeah, uh, it's different, very different. But I think he, I think it's, uh, I think it's all very cool. Because I think in this, in the, in the, his voice in like 63, 64, was this kid. It was this kid with these, uh, just protest, with rebelling against the, against the system for its, for its racism, for its discrimination. But then later on, and this was like 63, 64, we go to 65 and 66, or no, no, no. He now he's this cynic. Now he's the he's the cynical. He's a, he's this poetic genius, and he's uh, he he's trying he's trying to distance himself distance himself from this idea of being this this teenage messiah, as so many people thought he was. This this fucking what this like God on earth. He didn't want to be viewed like that. So he's 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 rebelling against the rebellion. And we move on to 1969, where he's he's singing with a completely different voice, like this country croon that was wild. Uh, he goes, he returned to form in 1970 with his voice. However, uh, seven so that was his voice throughout the 60s, 70s, different. Some amazing. We got a cool storyteller. We got a cla- we got this smoky storyteller throughout what 70, 73. 74 alive we got the, we got this this deep rich uh tone that sound that's that's fucking cool that's on a live album called before the flood but then we get to 1975 guys 1975 the album blood on the tracks what i consider to be one of the greatest albums ever his voice is amazing he's an amazing vocalist people could say he's a bad singer but on the tracks he sounds amazing not only is it, does his voice sound amazing but he sings he's so good at singing you got to listen to blood on the tracks it's just it was. It's a big change from '65, where he's where it's this cynic who's who's just like, well, what practically yelling, and <laughs> just he just fucking yelling about shit. '75, amazing, amazing singer. Uh, yeah, his voice. Then '80s, not the '80s. Uh, Main early mid '80s, he gained this. He voiced a lot squealier through heavy chain smoking from like '75 to '78. Uh, but he he got this flair to it in his Christian gospel era. He got this cocky flair to his to the way he talks. It it sounds pretty fucking cool on some uh, live tracks from the gospel era. And then in the nineties, of course, he, he pretty the late eighties, not really the late nineteen eighty seven, nineteen eighty eight were uh, pretty shitty. Nineteen eighty nine, there was a little comeback, an album called Oh Mercy, uh, like a comeback album. However, after nineteen eighty nine. He, he you know he thought he was he thought he was good you know he thought it was good, but then in 1990 he released another album, which was ass. So it's like he got fucking. I feel so bad. He's like he got faked out. You know, it's like he got fucking jabated. He released it in album 89. He's like, oh, I'm finally back. Bob Dylan's back, guys. You know, because the the 86, 87, those are tragic, actually, awful years. And uh, after that that tour with Tom Petty. Uh, he's back, he's back, 1989 is an awesome album, 90, no he's not, no he's not, still washed up, uh, 60s guy, yeah, no, no, not, 
not back, not back. But then he, he takes a break, you know. He also, unfortunately, my dad actually saw him live in the early 90s. And I say that, yeah, I began that sentence with unfortunately. Because he had bad alcoholism. Despite doing things that, like meth, he he struggled with alcohol. He didn't get hooked on meth or even, or the way he only had LSD, he only had LSD like once. And he didn't even get hooked on weed. I got hooked on alcohol. And uh, yeah, his voice, there's not much to say about it in the early 90s. Because it's, uh, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. This is when you can't fucking hear anything he says. You can't understand. All his words are slurred. It's like a... Like, that's like literally what his voice sounds like. It's my awesome Bob Dylan early 90s impression, guys. This is the kind of stuff you want to hear on the podcast. But yeah, uh, however, he takes this break. He releases two albums. He takes a break from making original original songs. He re- releases these two albums that are just uh, folk covers, traditional folk songs that he grew up with. And uh, his live performances start to get better. They really do. The big highlight, 1993 shows at the Supper Club. Fun fact, my intro to the podcast is a instrumental section at Bob Dylan's side, one of his Supper Club shows. It's a, it's a song called Tight Connection to My Heart. It's uh, really goofy, written like the mid-80s. Uh, and the, there's this inter- instrumental section at the beginning. That's my podcast intro and outro. So that's a fun fact. 1997. Oh, 1997. Time out of mind. The the comeback album. This album's badass, man. This is. He's like. Is this album? He sounds like an old man, of course. But one, you can understand him. That's a big change from his live performance in the early 90s. Two, um, he sounds like a, he's reflecting on his on his own mortality, and on because uh, he he had a bad health scare in the in the mid 90s with this uh, in 1997. With a bad infle- and bad infection, which caused trouble breathing. He was already old, man, and he done a lot of drugs and all that. You know, being a musical artist, '60s and '70s. So he had a bad health scare. But uh, this album was beautiful in every sense. And yeah, he didn't. It's his first album of original content after after seven years, I think. After I think seven years. And it really was amazing. He got he got a, in 1998. He got Grammy of the Year. And by the way, you should at the 1998 Grammys give a fucking kick-ass performance because you know they like play a song from the from the album. He won Album of the Year, and he also won uh, Best Male Rock Vocal Performance for a song called Cold Irons Bound. So he performed a song called Love Sick from the album. Oh, by the way, the album is called Time Out of Mind. I don't know if I mentioned that. 1997, the awesome comeback album is called Time Out of Mind. Uh, he gave a fucking kick-ass performance at the Grammys. Unfortunately, this uh, during the performance, this this silly little performance artist with the phrase "soy bomb" uh, painted on his chest ran up on stage from the back because he was originally like a uh, like supposed to be like swaying in the background, but he took his shirt off and said "soy bomb" and he ran to the stage and started doing uh, spastic, absolutely in like incomprehensible dances but you know don't pay attention to that. just don't pay attention to that. just listen to the fucking amazing performance from that night and uh, yeah after that he's back it's just an old man now he's just started to be an old man uh just reflecting for in 1997 just a really really cool album time out of mind move on he waits another like what oh waits another four years on 9-11 this is just a this is a coincidence 9-11 
releases a uh, releases an album called uh, Love and Theft, uh, coincidentally on 9/11, and uh, that was uh, yeah, that's like an old man. Instead of him reflecting on his on death, instead of him looking at death, this album's like him looking at life. It's a really cool song called Mississippi. Love that song. And uh, yeah, it's all it's all up from there. You know, we got you know he and he ends this comeback trilogy in I think in 2006 with an album called Modern Times, biggest hit being Thunder on the Mountain. And uh, yeah, so to understand Bob Dylan, I think you really need to understand the the man behind the music, which isn't very. It's he's which I will say he's not for everyone, but uh, I uh, I really like him. He's one of my favorite. No, it's not just for his music. He's one of my favorite celebrities. Him and Norm Macdonald are like my two favorite celebrities. And uh, I I love his voice. Like okay, and when I say understanding, not just understanding the man by the the kind of person he is, but also what he's going through during these periods when he releases the albums. Like that amazing album, Blood on the Tracks from 1975, talked about. Uh, his marriage was collapsing and just crumbling during that era. And uh, I think that a lot of that emotion is reflected in that album. And it's that's my favorite album ever. That album's really, really amazing. I can't talk about how good... I, I can't say enough about how amazing it is. And uh, yeah, that's the, that's the Bob Dylan segment that I wanted to do. <laughs> that's pretty awesome, right? And then we got uh, another... So Also, I've been listening to a lot of Bob Dylan albums recently. I mean, like, you know, I've, I'm a huge... I wanted to listen to the Jimi Hendrix experience. wanted to listen to stuff from them. Because I think he sounds really, really cool. Uh, I wanted to. I was. I was. Uh, I was listening to a lot of Cream. They're like my favorite band. Maybe I don't know. I really like the Beatles. But uh, you know, lately, like past like two days, I've just listened to a lot of Bob Dylan songs I've never heard before. I was in yeah, new albums. But yeah, uh, another thing I've done this weekend was that I went to a movie. Uh, big shout out to some people being my brother Drew, Matt Singer, uh, Joey Shepard, Eva Schoeninger. Malia Havezi and uh, Ava Brown for uh, letting me come to him. Oh, and uh, these two kids named named Diego and Oliver. Uh, and the reason I'm giving a shout out to them is because they allowed me to come to the movie with them, with literally no prior warning. I just thought it'd be fun. And because uh, Joey came to my house, basically I was just working on homework. Okay, well no, I, w- I was checking something on my phone, and my brother came into my room, and he goes, "Hey, Davy, Joey." Uh, he goes, "Joey Shepard and." No, he doesn't say. I'm not sure he says Joey Shepard. Uh, he just says uh, Eva Schoeninger, and then but then he gets interrupted because uh, I get a call from Joey, and I actually call him like "Hello," and Joey's like "Hey, Davey, uh, I'm like in the area, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna come over." I was like, "What?" He's like, "I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna drive over." Um, I was like, "Are you gonna like come inside?" And Joey's, like, yeah. Joey's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm." Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna come to your house, and I was like, Joey, uh, dude, I did, you know, I, I, that'd be fun, you know, I'd like you to come over, that'd be really cool, but, uh, uh, I don't think my dad would, we, uh, we gotta clean, I think he wants to say, the house isn't very clean right now, I guess, and, uh, yeah, no, he, my dad doesn't want me having people over right now, and Joey's like, okay, well, if I come over, uh, can you, can you get in the car, I was like, what, and he was like, it just, uh, just, just get in the car, Davey, just get in the car, I was like, uh, you know, uh, this is true, this is all a fucking true story, I was like, uh, you know, you know, yes, he was, he was like, will you, will you, uh, will you get in the car, and I was like, uh, yeah, yes, so, so I go outside, 
And there's Joey's got this really cool like uh, jet black Jeep. Let's uh, shout out to Joey's car. And uh, Joey and Eva are in the car, and Joey's like, "David, can you can you go get your girlfriend Drew outside?" And I was like, "Okay." So me and Drew come outside. So I yeah no I go get Drew, and then Joey's like, "Okay, get in the car." <laughs> so we get in the car, and we just go we just go for a drive. Uh, it was really fun, and we go to Ava Brown's house. Uh, she uh. She couldn't come at the moment. Uh, we were uh, we we tried to get her to come on a car with a car. Sorry for that long period of silence. I'm just trying to tell this story in a in a way that other people would want. Um, you know what? Here, I've a. Uh, I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. I'm um, just making sure I can like I can mention this part of the story. Uh, so my brother called my brother calls Ava, and he's like, "Ava, come outside." And uh, she's like, "I'm in the shower," and then she comes outside in a. Uh, we were we were all a little surprised. <laughs> we were we all were a little surprised because she comes outside uh, wearing only a towel, and it's a little. We were all a little shocked. You know, it's a, a strange experience. Not only that. Um, might be especially awkward for her because she, this, I guess it was a joke she would do with her close friends, but she didn't know that I was in the car and we are not close friends. So that was, uh, it was funny though. It was funny though. Shout out to Ava for having the confidence to do something, <laughs> do something like that. Then she runs back inside and kind of comes back out with uh, there's just a towel on her head and she's got a like, you know, like clothes on, you know, just for you. You uh, little you fucking you cretins out there, you know, with your your vivid imagination. She's wearing clothes, like okay. She got clothes with the towel on her head, and she uh, is like, "What are you?" She's like, "What are you doing?" And Joey's like, well, "We're gonna go. We're going for a drive. Get get in the car. He's <laughs> like, get in the car." And it's like uh, and yeah, uh, she didn't get in the car because she's like, no, like no, I'm busy right now. Uh, Joey's like, we'll just do, we'll just do one loop, just one loop around the block, get in the car, and then I, I text Joey that uh, I think it'd be, I, I text Joey that I think it'd be funny if, the, no, I text him to just say that we'll do one loop, but then we just drive away. Uh, didn't work though because she just never got in the car. And then we all later went to a movie called Smile. Now I feel like everyone knows what Smile is, the horror movie, the new, oh my god, the crazy new horror movie. Oh my, whoa, you know, that was nuts, you know, freaking crazy, crazy, uh, crazy, like, horror movie, you know, where the, the people smile and it's, like, scary. Uh, that movie, Smile, was absolutely hilarious. That was so fucking funny. I can't even talk about it. I can't even, like, put in the words how funny that movie was. Oh my god. Just the beginning, when it's, like, uh, when it's, when it's, like, says the name of the movie and it goes, da, 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 like, <laughs> The name of the movie keeps like blinking, like with the like red between red and white. Oh my god, it was so funny. And oh, me and me and Joey just kept fucking around in the theater, like uh, like, like just putting our putting our feet up on the uh, fucking uh, chairs in front of us and shit. Cause like not like no one was in there. 
And, uh, you know, that, and I heard it was, like, scary. Shout out to Dylan Goy, because Dylan Goy told me it was, like, a scary movie. I just watched it. I thought it was so funny, dude. You guys should all go watch it. Smile. I mean, I will say this. I did want to say this. The concept is really, really fucking horrifying. Like, that's a, I find everything about that really, really scary. Especially anything involving a mental hospital, anything involving an asylum. And then, and then this, this situation with No Way Out is just really disturbing to me. But I cannot stop laughing at some of some of the fucking goofy shit in the movie. Oh my god! Oh, like when one of the guys, when one of the patients was like smiling, and it just, like it just goes, "You're gonna die! You're gonna die!" <laughs> like, like, oh, I can't even talk about how funny that is. Also, guys, air up. I'll uh, I'll be back. Uh, I gotta I gotta go up. I gotta go. Uh, go to my go to my grandma's house for uh for dinner. We're gonna have a family dinner. So here, I'll continue recording soon. Uh, I'll be back. I'm back. I'm back from dinner. Yeah. Uh, it was nice seeing my grandma's. Cause yeah, my grandma is uh, my grandma that's in town. And I live in Florida, staying with my other one at her uh, like. Condo, is it a condo? I, I, th- I think it's a condo. I think that's what you call it. I don't know. It's like a house in this little village. <laughs> you know, it's, it's got the word village in the, in the name, so I guess it's a little village. As I was saying, the movie Smile, man, one of the one of the one of the patients. But also, it's been, it's been like I don't know. It's been like three. It's been like three hours, maybe like two and a half hours. No, maybe closer to three hours. So yeah, I'm back and. Um, one of the fucking patients put on like a troll face pretty much and just goes like you're gonna die you're gonna die you're gonna die like, I thought that movie was so fucking funny and when her therapist comes over but it's really like the bad guy I guess and puts on like an actual troll face and starts slowly walking towards her oh my god that movie was actually so funny but yeah I know what I know what you're all are thinking like oh Dave yo, Ava Brown Ava Brown in a towel huh you you I bet, I bet you're a, I bet you were I bet you were really enjoying that Dave yeah you the big the big fat virgin guy yeah you yeah yeah you yeah that's what you are yeah well, no no guess what no I'm not, I'm not I'm not I'm not a big fat virgin no 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 no, no. you know what? I'm the host of the Shed Podcast guys what the host of the Shed Podcast it's not a virgin ladies and gentlemen what what are you talking about I have. As the host of the shed, I have the most, uh, the most beautiful, <laughs> the most beautiful and gorgeous women approach me, approach me with the idea of having sex every single day, all the time, and I, I turn my, I turn most of them down. For my heart, my heart will belong to one of them one day, okay? Because I, because I, I think all women are beautiful. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, in my heart, in my heart will belong to one of only one of them one day. Okay, guys. So yeah, no, I'm not like oh, oh, it's Ava. Oh, geez, oh, geez, guys. Oh man, I've never seen anything like this before. No, no, no. The host of the Shed Podcast. There's nothing he hasn't seen before, fellas. Okay, I don't, I don't want to hear any of this. I don't want to hear any of this shit you're saying. Also, I, uh, I also didn't feel that I did Bob Dylan's voice just. I didn't do Bob Dylan's. Uh, songwriting a justice because I, I i just said that he's the greatest songwriter ever but i mean like it's it's incredible like he can be this like uh this uh like fun storytelling like lily rosemary and the jack of hearts and it can be like this um this deep rooted this uh, like emotional piece it's really sad like you're a big girl now or shelter from the storm those are both from uh the, the, all those songs are from blowing the tracks or like a. Uh, 
or like a uh, fucking uh, what was I what was I thinking? Or like or like this dark mysterious story, you know, like all along the Watchtower. That's like the one like that might that might be the greatest lyrical work ever, really. Or this uh, just brilliant protest, this really brilliant form of protest, like the lonesome death of Hattie Carroll, like blown in the wind. You know what I mean? Really, really cool stuff. Really, or uh, it was some of my favorites. Uh, surreal, colorful imagery, like real, like uh, like fucking surreal, crazy shit. Like I, like the song "I Want You," like "Bowed of a Thin Man," like "Just Like a Woman," like "Stuck Inside a Mobile" with the Memphis Blues again. Like like "Blonde on Blonde" is a lot. Of, that's what his 1966 album is a lot of that. So yeah, he's he's just so cool, guys. I'm telling you, he's just so cool. He's like the. He's like the Batman of music, and then like the Superman of music is Michael Jackson. Because, you know, Michael Jackson's got these boring talent. He's got his fucking dancing. He's got, I wouldn't say it's a boring talent. I mean, he's got the ability to like make compositions when he can't even read notes, you know? And he's got, and he was born with that just, he was born, yeah, born with. He was born with that, uh, that fucking voice. It's like the greatest voice ever, you know? No one, so not everyone can be Superman, you know? Not everyone can be Michael Jackson. But anyone can be Bob Dylan. You know? Anyone can be Batman. You know what I mean? Not everyone. Not everyone can be Superman. Anyone can be Batman. Not anyone can be. Not everyone can be Michael Jackson. Anyone can be Bob Dylan. To become Bob Dylan, all you gotta do is fucking read. You know? On his Nobel lecture, he said his three biggest his three biggest influences were the books, uh, Homer's Odyssey, All Quiet on the Western Front, and Moby Dick. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's something. So, I've been watching a show. I've been watching a show, the notorious, no, not notorious, the just, the the beloved, the beloved prequel to Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. No, I, I want I want to make it a point to talk about Better Call Saul, because I think this show is so fucking cool. What now? Why do I why do I think it's cool? Because I love seeing this this criminal underground, this like uh, all these all these like. Uh, care all these criminal fucking characters and what in their unique like skill set. I think that's stuff super cool. Like we got, of course, we got Saul. We got the, we got the fuck. He's he's the lawyer, you know. He's the sketchy lawyer and stuff. And he, we got the we got the veterinarian, you know. Is uh his you know Saul fronts as a lawyer, but his real business is a <laughs> still a lawyer, but sure as hell not a not an ethical good guy lawyer. We got the veterinarian. His as a front, you know, he's just a, you know he's just a veterinarian. You know, he just works on dogs. But his real business, you know, he patches up wounded criminals. You know, you know what I mean. He gets them jobs as well. Gives them, it gives them. Uh, it tells them what he hears, who he hears are is, is hiring and what they need. You know, if he if he hears that someone's need someone needs a uh, like a thief to like steal a, I don't know like a diamond or like a diamond or something. Uh, you can you can tell someone who he thinks is the right guy. You know what I mean. We got uh, we got Mike. We have Mike. Yeah, we got Mike. What was his front? He's just a security guard. He's just a little security guard at a courthouse. He's just he's just he's just a works at the toll booth, and his uh, and then his later you know in the show and as we see in Breaking Bad, he's just a he's just the head security consultant for Madrigal. You know what I mean? He's just a security security consultant. His real his real job though he's a violent fixer for drug organizations he he gets the fucking job done man it's crazy and of course we have Werner Ziegler I fucking love Werner Ziegler I can imagine his front is just construction real business still construct it's like Saul still construction but uh not the kind of not the good kind of construction construction like building secret underground meth labs that's his fucking construction 
And, of course, the man, the myth, the legend. Well, like, there's also people like Hector Salamanca who have their, like, what, like, their little Mexican food place, but, uh, actually run a, like, drug distribution shop there. Which is, well, they just, that place is just where they, uh, get their money. I don't know, I don't think they sell drugs there. But then Gus Fring, come on, Gus Fring. Front, he's got the chicken place, he's the chicken man, you know, he's got Los Pollos Hermanos. But his, uh... Yeah, you know. You know what he does. You know what Gus does. And the biggest meth kingpin in the West. Biggest meth kingpin there is, man. Yeah, I think that kind of stuff. I think all the characters we get to see, all the criminals that we get to see and, uh, and, and their specialties in Better Call Saul, that's really cool. I think that's really, really cool. And especially Saul himself, because I think Saul slowly becomes just the best of all of them. Because uh, Saul gets a ball, he gets all these contacts. Like, uh, another really cool criminal, Ed Galbraith, or Ed Galbraith, uh, I forget how to pronounce the last name, he's just, you know, he's just, his front, he's just a vacuum, he's a vacuum salesman, he's just got a fun little, va a cute little vacuum store that's run by, uh, like a mon pa vacuum store. Real business, dude, he fucking gets people to disappear, he say he sets up an entirely new idea, entirely new, just like, description of them, he's like, he like, so you like Saul, you know, he was Jimmy McGill and all that. But then, uh, after Breaking Bad, he needs to escape, he needs to get out of Albuquerque, so he goes to see Ed Galbraith, or Galbraith. Suddenly, he's uh, Gene Tokovic, and lives in uh, Omaha, and runs as a Cinnabon manager. So, yeah, no, he he gets people to just vanish. And he gives them new new identities and everything. So when it, Saul when Saul gets all the contacts and stuff, and with Saul, Saul's fucking good at being a bad lawyer. Okay, so Saul becomes like I like this journey of seeing Saul become like the best like small like small time crook like out of out of all of them. I think it's really really cool. Because like Walt with Walt, it was not small time crook. Okay, Walt shit was big. Okay, everything toppling Madrigal and everything, becoming the greatest, becoming the biggest meth kingpin in world history, pulling off the biggest train heist in world history, that's, like, that shit's crazy, but no, this is just, this is just all the little, this is just Albuquerque, and this is just all the, uh, or kind of Germany, when you have, uh, Werner Ziegler and his crew, or kind of like South America, when you got that, uh, when you got the, like, you know, Cut the cartel like Hector. Well, no, not Hector. That's not South America. Hector says he doesn't like South America. It's just Mexico. You got Hector Salamanca and the, the Salamanca twins and all that, you know, just. And Lalo. Yes, Lalo Salamanca. And just all that. Just the Salamanca. All the cartel shit is all Mexico. Well, Gus is actually from Chile. But yeah. Uh, that's just small time. That uh, just Albuquerque based criminals with all their specialties. That's really, really cool to me. I love that. I love how they're all just so unique and everything. That's just really, really cool. Now, I said that I wanted to talk about guests on the show. And because I need to know, are, is, is having guests even a good idea? Like, should they? It's hard. It's hard to have guests on. Because yeah, I don't want I don't I want to have this, I want the show to have a consistent feel, and I think guests can really make that hard. I, I think they can really make that really hard. And I, I should I, if I have guests, it'd have to be interview. Because I'm going to be honest, I said I didn't want to give my episode 2 opinion. This is my opinion. It might change later, but this is my opinion on episode 2. I don't like episode two. I really don't. I think it's too long. I think it has, it has all those sound issues, but it's already made it pretty bad. 
uh, in the way it, it's not it's not warm or wholesome or inviting or cozy. No, it's just it's it's not what I'm going for at all. It's really not what I'm going for at all. No, it was just I don't like this. Just me talking to someone. I don't I don't really like I don't really like that. You know, I think that uh, it has to be some sort of interview or something. Like I can't just me just talking to Wyatt. I was really enjoying making it. Doesn't mean I actually like the episode. I don't think it's a good episode. Again, too long. All those sound issues, and uh, especially the part where I just stopped recording and just lost ten minutes of audio. That's another fucking L. Nine minutes, yeah. I j- I don't think it was great. I really don't think it was great. And uh, you know, it didn't feel as it felt. I don't I don't want to say sketchier. Yeah, it felt like darker and like less, like more immature, more like te- like what's what's really that, like what's really that entertaining about two teenagers talking to each other, like actually, like it have to, it I'd have to be some sort of interview, and scheduling with guests is really really hard. It, it really it's really not easy to schedule with guests. I mean, they uh. I, w- I want to, like, because uh, first off, my schedule's not reliable in itself. Like, I, I said I'd record every Saturday. And then I recorded, like, first episode was, like, Saturday at 3 a.m. Second episode was, like, Saturday at, like, 10 p.m. And then also, none of them were posted on Saturday either. And I'm recording right now on Monday. Like, the, like I, very, very difficult, you know? And I, the, the guests aren't always free either. No, no, no not always free. Uh, I guess I got to try to get a different guest in, but that's hard. Because if I have a guest and then suddenly they're busy, then I have to just, on the shortest notice possible, let someone else on the list know, like, hey, you can come on if you want. Hey, you got to come over and record. Also, yeah, speaking of that, I don't have a good setup for guests. I don't have a good set. I don't have a setup where I can have a guest on, really. That's that's tough. You know, that's bad. I should I got to do something about that. And then, uh, yeah, so that's why Asia, I think they, they, it'd be cool. Maybe they could be occasional or something. I don't know. I know you guys really want guests. That's, that's the problem. I know you really want guests, but it's just like, I don't know. I guess I really, sorry if my, you can hear my phone vibrating. I don't know, man. I guess I just, uh, I just don't know if that's what I'm going for. That like, that like, it's just such a, that like high school teenagers, like just talking to each other. It's, it's just, it's le- it's less cozy. It's less wholesome because it's two teenagers. Of course it's gonna be less wholesome, you know? That's just not what I'm going for. That's really not what I'm going for with this, uh, with the show. So tell me what you guys think, please. Please tell me what you guys think. Please tell me what I can do. Tell me, maybe I'm just being paranoid. Maybe episode two doesn't feel different at all. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's just as warm and cozy and I just, but I just don't feel like it is. Uh, just tell, just tell me what you guys think. Okay. Uh, also, oh yeah, in Better Call Saul, I'm in like late season four. Uh, like the, like the episode after Lalo's introduction. So I'm on Vader Zane. Yeah, I, I can't believe I remember that. Yeah, that's what it's called. I'm like halfway through Vader Zane. Uh, it's, it's a fucking good episode, man. That show, that show is just really good. But uh, yeah, uh, that's the, uh, that's, that's my assessment of the show that's my problem with guests and how they how they don't really line up with the show i want but how we could maybe try to get them to if it's more of an interview and i have a better setup i have a setup if i could get a setup that matches the feel and the vibe of the show of what i want then i feel like that'd make it a lot better i feel like that 
really shift our conversation to something different. I think that I think that'd be really, really like special. That'd be really something, really something, guys. But yeah, I got. I also have uh, another thing. Length. How long should it be? I know. I I like posted uh, maybe like an hour to an hour and a half. But I keep hearing different opinions, man. I've heard from twenty minutes to uh, eight hours. <laughs> so I. What do you guys think the play is? Oh, a cat, a cat just got thrown down here. Oh, it's, oh, it's Archie. It's Archie the cat. Yeah, guys, guys, you gotta please. I need more. I need more feedback. I already got some feedback, but I need more. I need more feedback. My dad said they should be like thirty minutes, but I don't want to talk for thirty minutes. I wrote an outline for this episode, and I'm at right now. I'm at fifty nine. Minutes. I'm at 60 minutes actually. I'm way closer to 60 minutes. I'm at 60 minutes. Well, that's just the length. I bet the time will be different on Spotify because I'm going to add the intro and everything and also some little fun waiting music in between the periods where I stopped recording. But yeah, I like, I cannot go for only 30 minutes. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But then I think the episode with uh, Wyatt was just too long because I feel like a lot of people just didn't even listen to it because they're like, oh, hour 50? No way. No, thank you. No, thank you. Not for me, because that's what that's what TikTok does to the developing brain. I'm telling you. Maybe if my um, maybe if all my podcasts were 15 seconds with slow reverbed uh, 70s pop songs, maybe I'd have way more views. I don't know, but yeah, I'm telling you, that's just really. I really need to find a good length. I do like an hour, hour ten, because I I don't know. I was thinking hour, hour and a half. Hour and a half is long. I think if they see if if people see one hour. If they see one hour, then they see that the minute mark is at at least 20 minutes, and they're not going to listen. I, I feel like if it says 1-1, one, one, I'm just assessing, like, human behavior. I feel like if they, if it says 1-1, one, one, they're going to be like, oh, it's not that long. Like, it could say, like, 1-1-6, one, one, so, like, an hour 16. They'll be like, oh, it's not it's not that long. But then if it says an hour, an hour 20, four minutes longer, it's 1-2. No, way too long. So I got to be smart. I got to be smart with this. And then... A fun idea I had. Song of the day. I love music. I listen to a lot of music. I love Bob Dylan. I love The Beals. I love uh, Jimi Hendrix. I love Neil Young. I love Michael Jackson. I love... The Greatest Musical Minds. Because that's who I just listed. Those are the greatest like musical minds ever, guys. Nirvana's pretty cool. I don't know. Some of their stuff is weird. I, I, think, I think their album with the baby on it in the pool. Never mind. It's fucking... I think it's overrated as hell, man. Like, the second half of that album was so weak. Like, it was so, like, the second half was just so mid. So, the, the album's, like, three out of five. But, uh, yeah, even though it's hailed as, like, one of the greatest albums ever. And very commonly, the greatest album ever. No, no. I don't think the greatest, the greatest album ever could be a grunge album. That's so, like, not for everyone. No way it's a fucking grunge album. Great. Yeah, no, get the hell out of here with that. No, it's not. Oh, geez, sorry for the excessive cursing. I've been cursing so much, guys. I can't be doing that. But yeah, no, Grunge album's not going to be the greatest of all. Come on, man. But yeah, I think it'd be fun to do like a song of the day. Cause I, yeah, and I've, I have a song of the day for this episode. Um, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, it's from that 2004 Bob Dylan album, Love and Theft. It's called Mississippi. So yeah, it's, no, I mean 2001. Yeah, I was like, what, Bob Dylan? His, in 2001, when his peak was in 1966? What? It's what? a strange shot. No, I think it's really cool. It's like an old man on a fucking, on a rocking chair on a porch in the South. That's what this song sounds like, I'm telling you. 
It's called Mississippi. I, 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 ju- I just love it. I think it's uh, it's really, really warm and cheerful, unlike everything on Time Out of Mind. And I told I think it's a I think it deserves the first ever song of the week. I was thinking about doing another Bob Dylan song, but I'll I'll mention that one later on a different episode. You know, I'm gonna keep it in my head because of how much I love it. I told my friend Matt Singer about it. Uh, I hope he listened to it because it's really good. I also sent it to my mom because I thought she'd love it, and she did. Yeah, I was like I feel like she'd love it right when she hears him start singing. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, so yeah, song of the I mean okay, I said song of the day, actually song of the week. When you consider my upload schedule, it's actually song of the week. So song of the week. Mississippi by Bob Dylan. Because, yeah, in his late career, he sounds like an old man. He can And a lot of his songs they wrote when he was younger still work. Like, he's an old man telling the story this time, you know? He's an old man telling the, the surrealist poetry, you know? he's. I think it all, I think it all still works really well with a, as, he, as he ages, you know? So Mississippi's great. Mississippi's just great. It's like this reflection of a of a life and a relationship, or you know? It's really, really... It's kind of long. It's like seven minutes. And, uh... Sorry, sorry if you fucking Gen Zers can't listen to songs that are more than three minutes. Jeez, yeah, no. I, uh, all jokes aside, though, uh, I actually get annoyed with that. I think that I there's this one I there's this one song by Bob Dylan that's fucking eleven minutes long called Desolation Row, and I love every second of it. I love it so much. But yeah, no, no, no. Everyone, it's all about like oh, what like three a minute, three to four minutes. Get that shit out. That's ridiculous. Come on. Like Rolling Stones, Dylan's Greatest Hit. It's like six. That's like six minutes long. That song. That song really took down boundaries. That song. That song. Uh, like brought songs that are more than three minutes to the mainstream because radio stations wouldn't play songs that were that long. But then uh, that song changed everything. That's why that song is what is like the greatest of all time. That's one of the reasons. It's just it. Also, there's also the lyrics itself. But yeah, it's just great. But yeah, no, I'm going off topic. I'm going off. I'm going off script. I'm going off the overview. Uh, yeah, that's what, that's what I want to talk about. Again, Song of the Week, Mississippi by Bob Dylan. You should go listen to it. It's really cool and awesome. Now, here we go. I got a, a fun, a little life update with some wisdom. Uh, my weight loss. So as you all know, uh, I've been doing keto for, I, I say keto, it's less strict. I, I probably did true keto. I probably did like truly under 20 carbs a day for a pretty short amount of time. Or maybe a little bit longer. I don't know. It's mainly just I've been doing low carb, and uh, I started at two at an at a knee slapping, absolutely hilarious, two hundred forty four pounds, and I'm down to two hundred eighteen. I'm down to a consistent to a to just a. It doesn't fluctuate or anything. If I keep when I'm doing keto, it doesn't like change. It's just two hundred eighteen because I've lost the maximum amount of weight on on keto. Because keto can on keto you can lose like. 10% of your weight. I've lost a little bit more than that. 10 point something. Uh, yeah, because I was 244 down to 218. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do the math. I'm going to do the math. I'm going to pull out a calculator. We got a calculator. We're going to do 244 minus... I'm too lazy to do this in my head. 244 minus 218. That. And divide that. Oh, wait. I forgot. I forgot how to... But no, uh, shit. Wait, hold on. I just had a. I just. I actually forgot what I was doing. I don't know. I like. I forgot how to do this math. It's the amount I lost, which is twenty six pounds. Oh, and it's two forty four divided by twenty. It's twenty six divided by two forty four. 
yeah, I lost 10.7 around 10.655738% of my weight. So yeah, yeah, 10.7% or 10.67 if you're a cooler person. Well, no, for percentages, I wouldn't say cooler person. No matter what percentage you say, you're also you're a pretty cool. Yeah, you know, it's, it's me just being wholesome. You're all pretty cool people for listening to this. But uh, yeah, uh, that's like that's that's a good yeah. That's more than 10. percent So I've I've really slimmed down. I'm really happy with myself, and I want to talk about the kind of mindset you need. I want to give some sort of wise, positive piece of advice in this episode. I want to do this the second episode, but with Wyatt, it never happened. <laughs> you know. Again, yeah, that's, I guess that's another reason I just, I'm not happy with that episode. I just, uh, it, it just didn't feel mature. It really didn't feel mature. It didn't feel, it didn't feel kind or polite, I guess. It didn't feel, uh, again, I don't want to say sketchier, but that might be, that, that might fit. Felt darker, I guess. Felt, uh, wasn't, it wasn't as cozy or warm or wholesome. I didn't, yeah, I don't think episode two was that great, but, uh. Yeah, the way you can't, you can't, you cannot be negative. You cannot be negative about yourself at all when you're doing something like this, man. So, I had a lot of, I, I guess I had a lot of problems when I was 30, when I was 26 pounds heavier. I was, when I, when I was, I had a, well, I just wasn't happy with myself. I don't think I was a very nice person. Uh, wasn't very happy either. Man, I don't, I don't, man, this is, this feels weird saying this kind of stuff, but, uh, yeah, I, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun being that big. But I learned that, and, and not only that, I didn't support the body positivity movement. I thought it was ridiculous. I thought that loving yourself for if you're like 600 pounds is going to get you nowhere. And I, I thought that you should be negative. You should take the negativity you have about yourself and do something good with it. But I learned that that's not possible. Through weight loss, I learned that you can't do anything good about yourself with negativity that when, when I when I was all when I was unhappy when I, I'll say depressed when I was depressed and I was mean and I was 26 pounds heavier when I was when I was 244 pounds and I felt negative about myself the weight would only go up I would never never lose weight if I was like oh look at look at me look at look at this I'm, I'm just fat I'm just fat I gotta lose weight I'm fat I'm not gonna get anywhere telling myself that you gotta be positive about change. You gotta, you have, you cannot, even if you're negative about yourself, that's still in, in like, I guess, like, you're like, I should lose weight. Even if you're like, I'm fat, I should lose weight. You can't think like that. You have to, don't even think. And if you really can't be, you should always try to be positive about yourself. But even if you can't, which I can't imagine, I think you all can. Uh, Maybe not, I don't know. Uh, that was kind of, I don't know if that part's true. Uh, you have to be positive about change. You have to think that you can. Don't think that you will or that you should, that you can lose weight. This is to, to all, the, all the big guys out there listening, uh, that you can't, you have the ability to, that you can, and that you will. That's why for me, it was, I just suddenly thought, you know what, you know what, and I just, I was positive about the, about my ability to change. And I found out about a low carb diet. I called my friend. Uh, I called my friend who's also a big guy and he, uh, he wasn't so, he wasn't so, uh, he's, I won't say anything about him. He's just, uh, he was just also a big guy. And, uh, I don't, I don't know if he wants anyone knowing his own, his own like, uh, life. I don't know if he wants anyone knowing about that, but I called him and I was like, Hey man, you should, you should try doing this with me or something. You know, man, I'm going to try, I'm going to start losing weight and stuff. I just, it was just a sudden change. It was boom. It was a shift. And I started doing low carb, uh, 
not that quickly. No, I did not do it. Even though I called him and told him that, I realized I started low carb a little bit after that. Uh, a good bit after that. Maybe like uh, late June. Yeah, no, that's one. Late June, early July, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been doing it ever since. And i just been thinking, it's just all about thinking that you can change and you will change. I think that's really important. I think that I think that it's often overlooked. I think it's just like, oh, it's like, oh, hippy dippy. I just loved yourself. Uh, no, it's really is important. And this is coming from me. You know, and I think this is more impactful. You don't usually hear this kind of stuff from a high schooler, you know? Because a high schooler seems like the kind of person to be like, oh, yeah, you're all stupid. You're talking about, yeah, I, like I don't hear that all the time. Seriously, it really means a lot. It really all does mean a lot. And yeah, I just really, I really wanted to put that out there. And I think that's, I think that's it for this episode. That's my overview. Uh, oh my God, guys. I love this episode. This was so fun making and this was just a great success. I don't think I, I don't need to add any like f- disclaimers from future me. Uh, this is awesome. Please let me know what you think of this episode. I think this was a, uh, a wild success. A coordinated success, actually. Yeah, a coordinating success, an organized success. I don't know. That's probably what I'll call it this episode. Yeah, I love it. This is awesome. This is absolutely awesome. And, uh, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening to this. And I'll see you guys. I'll talk to you guys in the next episode, which hopefully is as good as this awesome one, guys. Yep. I'll see you guys later. <laughs>